Parks Magic for One is a podcast for all solo Walt Disney World travelers. We'll chat about my trips to the parks, discuss important considerations as a solo traveler, and share resources and tips for your next visit. Check out parksmagicforone.life for links to podcast episodes, as well as other exclusive resources to help plan your next trip to the most magical place on earth. Welcome to Parks Magic for One, episode 30. Today's podcast is post three of the Learning About WDW series. Make sure you follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Eric Hall WDW and visit parksmagicforone.life for episode listings and other great content. Of course, all opinions expressed are my own and Parks Magic for One is in no way affiliated with or endorsed by the Walt Disney Company. Hello, everybody, and happy Thursday to all of you. This is Eric, and you're listening to the Parks Magic for One podcast, all about solo Walt Disney World travel. Uh, We are here with the final episode in a series all about learning about Disney World. And uh, last time we um, talked a little bit about vlogs and Instagram and bloggers and some of the resources that I like using to learn a little bit more about Disney World. Um, and and sort of get perspective, I guess. Um, I didn't really mention this in the episode after when I was listening to it. I thought, you know, I really should have said something about this. But um, you know, the resources and the same goes for what we're going to talk about today. You know, the resources aren't necessarily about um, any any particular aspect of learning about Disney World, but it's more about um, being able to oh, um, you know, sort of experience Disney World along with someone. And so whether, you know, whether it's a, a vlog or a podcast or, um, you know, following somebody on Instagram, it's not like you're going to learn, you know, like facts and data or anything about, about Disney World, right? It's all about just learning about how different people experience the parks and resorts and and taking away whatever you can from that. And so, you know, you might watch a vlog and, you know, it, you know, you might find out it's, uh, you know, it's a family of 10 and they're, you know, staying in a condo off property and, um, you know, they're spending one day at Hollywood Studios and then going to Universal the rest of the trip. Well, you think, okay, how much am I going to really get out of that? But you never know. Um, that one day at Hollywood Studios, there might be something that, um, you know, that you learn from their experience that you can use on, on your trip, even though um, it might look very different. There's still something that can be gleaned from that. So I think that's a, it's always a good point, you know, and I, I think about this when I go into a lot of different situations, whether personally or professionally, uh, you know, it's all about um, taking away what we can. And there's always something from a conversation or um, some kind of experience that we have that we can take away from it. Even if we walk into it thinking, okay, this is going to be nothing that I can use here that, you know, try to find something, right? That one little thing that you can say, okay, it was worth being here and worth, um, you know, worth spending some time on. So uh, anyway, I'm not sure where that came from, but you know, good advice, I guess, right? Uh, you listen to the podcast, you get what you get, I guess. Um, so this week, we're going to wrap up this series about how uh, I learn about Disney World, talking about some websites that I use, uh, some uh, phone apps and uh, podcasts, uh, other podcasts that I have listened to in the past and some that I still continue to listen to. 
Uh, it takes a lot of time putting these together, so I don't necessarily listen to podcasts as much as I used to, I don't think, but uh, there are some that are definitely go-tos for me, and uh, some have been suggested by you all. So if you sent me the name of a podcast or um, a website or a couple of you sent me some uh, Instagram uh, folks to follow that I mentioned in my last episode, um, thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. And so continue the, the conversation and continue to um, to share those kinds of things with me and let me know what you think. Uh, heaven knows we have enough time on our hands now, right? To think about all these kinds of things, I guess. So a little bit of levity and a little bit of fun thinking about Disney World isn't a bad thing right now. Um, so let's start out today. We're going to spend some time, again, going through some websites, some uh, phone apps, and some podcasts. Uh, and these are, uh, like I said last time, these are all um, sites that I, I use fairly extensively, give or take. They are, um, uh, unless I mention it otherwise, they are all free. Um, they are, uh, although I'm sure there are paid versions of some of the apps, but uh, for the most part, they're free, publicly available, and they are just things that I think are beneficial to um, to to go to places to find information, learn some things, uh, in in you know doing some of my travel. One of them is extremely special, and you probably don't know about it. So I know the suspense is is killing you, isn't it? Uh, but you're gonna have to wait a few minutes before we get there. It is actually a really good one. Um, okay, so uh, a, a couple of these I've talked about, but a lot of them I have not yet in previous episodes. And so uh, the first one that I'll mention that I have talked about, I know back when uh, when we were talking about doing some planning in some of the earlier episodes is touringplans.com. And uh, touringplans.com has a free section of the website. They also have a paid, a paid subscription. It's a yearly subscription. It's a it's a, it's a very small amount. I think it's like 10 or $12 a year. So like a buck a month. And um, if you pay, you get access to um, a little bit more detail about their crowd calendars. So uh, they are, they, this group of, of folks here is um, uh, several statisticians, some, a lot of data junkies, uh, and I mean that in a good way, um, who, who spend time in the parks um, evaluating wait times and crowd levels and everything and they've they've got um, some really well worked out um, uh, analytics for predicting crowd levels and wait times uh, at all of the different parks and so uh, one of the things that I like is is that that you can go in and they have some predicted crowd levels now obviously you know predicting crowd levels especially right now uh, who knows uh, and, and sometimes they're closer than others. And um, if you have a subscription with them, they'll actually send you updates like once a month or sometimes more frequently than that. So as I get closer to a trip, I kind of keep an eye out for those emails. And then um, I don't necessarily change what I'm going to do based on those because I still I know they're still an estimate, even though they are based on some pretty good data that they have. But um, I, I do pay attention to it. And if, you know, there's a really big jump in, in a park level, um, it's usually for a reason. And so, you know, it might not be a bad idea to, to maybe change some plans, but for the most part, you know, if it changes, it's on a scale of one to 10. So if it changes by one or two, you know, you're probably really not going to notice a whole lot, uh, when you're actually in the park. And so I don't pay a lot of attention to it, but if there's a big jump, um, you know, if it goes from a three up to a seven or something like that, then I might pay attention. Um, so touringplans.com has a lot of cool things. Um, they will, if you have a membership, they'll keep track of your trip for you. They'll uh, send you email reminders about when you're supposed to uh, make dining reservations or Fast Fast Plus reservations. So 
it's kind of a nice thing and you can log in uh, and look at each day uh, of your trip and it'll give you um, park hours, it'll give you entertainment hours, uh, parade times, weather forecasts. Uh, it's, it's, it's a really, really well done website. Um, they also have, and I didn't mention it last time on the last episode, but they also do um, a lot of videos as well. They do some live streaming. Uh, they do a news segment once every couple weeks or so. And so they have a lot of different kinds of media uh, out there. And I'm going to talk about them one more time here before we, um, before we end today. So one more time, touringplans.com. The next one I won't spend as much time talking about but uh, because we ta- talked about last time, but that's WDWNT, uh, Walt Disney World News Today. And they have a really nice website. Uh, if you follow them on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, um, they do. Actually, right now they're doing a lot of live um, live stuff. Uh, each day they come on and do a, a live broadcast for uh, maybe a couple hours, give or take. And just some kind of fun stuff. I mean, it's pretty low budget. Uh, they're extremely informal about things, but it's just kind of fun. It's entertaining. Um, last night they broadcast playing board games, and so it was just four of them in a room, um, socially distanced, if you will, uh, playing a, a couple different Disney-based board games. So they do a lot on their website. They have um, a lot of resources. They've got guides for festivals. They've got uh, guides for how to uh, how to tour parks, restaurant information, resort information. Um, a lot of stuff on, on WDWNT. Uh, another one is Easy WDW, and uh, that's um, uh, Josh. I don't know his last name, but uh, he's uh, he's he's a funny guy. Um, but he's got a, a really nice website and um, uh, does a lot of things around the parks. Uh, lives right there. Uh, he also has a YouTube channel, and so he does quite a bit um, uh, social media wise too. So Easy WDW. Another one is MouseSavers.com. That one is one that I started started using a long time ago. Um, Sorry, I just hit my microphone. Um, used a long time ago, and they do um, a lot of like sort of um, like budget travel, and they do a lot with um, like making sure that um, discount codes and uh, if there are any, but um, like um, discounts that are available are all on their websites. They have some great great ideas for how to um, how to to travel to Disney on a budget and places where you can save a little bit of money. Uh, they do a monthly newsletter, and then they also have a really nice website that's um, it's it's very much kept up to date, um, and so it's a nice resource as well. So mousesavers.com. Uh, another one is WW Info, and that one's been around for quite a while. Um, just under some general information, if you want to know about, uh, you know, you've got a reservation at a, a restaurant or you've got a um, you know hotel reservation someplace at a resort a lot of really nice just basic information pages about things and so you can learn like how many pools there are to resort and what the rooms are like and um, you know just a lot of kind of that that sort of information so it's a good place to go and then of course have to throw in disneyworld.com just because that's where you do everything uh, you can uh, of course you know learn about every aspect of Disney World you can buy tickets you can uh, price your vacation uh, that's you can also log into the non-app version of uh, my Disney experience through DisneyWorld.com, um, and there are um, obviously lots of lots of resources, and that's how you make your um, reservations too for your dining reservations, or you can anyway, in addition to the app. So a lot of stuff at DisneyWorld.com. And then, are you ready for this one? This is the good one. This is the one that all of you are waiting for. As soon as I take a drink, because this is a big one. Um, so have you ever been in the parks? and you've lost something, uh, 
and you think, oh my gosh, I am never going to get that back. Um, I'm in Disney World. There are like 7 million people around me. Uh, I don't even maybe completely remember where I lost it. Uh, and so you just sort of write it off, right? Do I have a website for you? Um, there is a lost and found website that uh, that Disney World monitors. I have used it twice, uh, twice three times actually. And two out of the three times, uh, it has worked beautifully. Well, it worked beautifully the third time. They just couldn't find what it is that what it was that I lost. But um, the the website is essentially a very simple. And you go to it and you're like, really, is this the real thing? Uh, it's a very simple online form that you fill out, and it's sort of. Um, I don't know, adaptive might be the right word because as you enter things, it asks for more and more specificity. So you, you figure, you know, there are 7 million people in Disney World and so many different places that you could lose things. Um, they want as much information, as much specific information as you can provide them for where you lost it and what it is. Uh, and so it's kind of adaptive. So if you say, um, uh, you know, it might start out saying, what did you lose? And you say, well, I lost, um, you know, a, a piece of clothing. That's a bad example. I don't know why you would lose a piece of clothing. Or maybe a jacket, right? So um, so you say, I lost a piece of clothing. And then the next question pops up and it says, well, what kind of clothing, clothing did you lose? And you say, I lost a, a jacket or coat. And then they say, what color was the jacket or coat? What did it look like? And they go through this really cool series of questions where it can, can, continues to narrow it down to the point where they have a pretty good idea of, of what it is that you've lost. Um, because, you know, their lost and found box is not just a little little box sitting on a shelf somewhere, right? I mean, they have rooms and rooms of things that have been lost. So, um, and and, they, and the, all of those things, by the way, as you, you use this service and talk to people, you learn about it, all those things actually go to a central location. So even though each park has a lost and found, and they might keep things there for like 24 hours, I think, resorts may be the same thing, but um, then it goes to a central um, lost and found place from there. Uh, and so, you know, when people get home from their trip, uh, you know, they've finally figured out, oh my gosh, I, you know, I left my phone charger or something. And um, and so then you can go back and of course everything's organized in these places. And so they know where it came from and, uh, and can trace it back for you. So the two experiences that I had, three, sorry, uh, two of them were for sunglasses that I lost. Um, I'm horrible about sunglasses. Uh, one of them, uh, they did get back actually. I had, um, taken them off at uh, the food court at Pop Century, Pop Century, I think. Um, and by the time I got back to my room, uh, and I think I had maybe some food with me or something. Yeah. Uh, and, and before it dawned on me that I'd lost them, it, it was probably a period of half hour, 45 minutes. And so of course I went back over and of course they weren't there. Um, I asked maybe a cast member or two and nobody had seen them. So I kind of wrote them off, but I knew that I had this link on my phone and I thought, okay, well, what the heck? I'll give it a shot. So I go into it and go through the series of questions and ask you, of course, where you lost it. What do you lose? What do they look like? All this kind of stuff. You submit it. The cool part about this is that they, they're they very good about communicating with you. So it goes into this automated system and I would say maybe twice a day, it kicks out an email that says, hey, don't give up yet. We're still looking for it. Um, we'll let you know what we find out. And then usually, like I said, usually twice a day you get that. And, and then eventually in this, the first case that I used it, um, they found it. 
And so uh, I got an email at one point and said, hey, congratulations, we've found what you've lost. Um, it's currently located at, and they still actually had it at Pop Century Resort. And so um, I took the email to the front desk, spoke to the right person. Um, and actually in that particular case, I remember this now, the person at the front desk had actually called me um, in the meantime and said, hey, I think we have your sunglasses here. Uh, because they had had you know cross-referenced um, me as a in a guest account with this um, uh, with this lost and found thing, so I mean you, you <laughs> kind of amazing right because of all the people all the things that get lost and yet they can they can do that good of a job tracking it down and tracking you down, so I was really impressed I was hooked, um, and so <laughs> like I start losing things just for the fun of it being found. Um, second time was last summer or last fall. Uh, I lost some sunglasses. Didn't get them back though. Um, I knew exactly where I lost them, and this is a this is a story that I don't want to get into. But I think I saw somebody pick them up actually. Um, and when I asked them about it, they said they didn't have them. So anyway, we're not going to get into that bad bad feelings. Um, and then the third time that I used this lost and found link. Um, was just on this last trip, my dad actually left his um, his wireless uh, phone charger in the nightstand of our room at Port Orleans French Quarter and didn't realize it, I don't think, until we got home. Uh, and so it was, you know, it was 24 hours after we left or whatever. And so I filled out the thing. Uh, same idea. Got a couple emails saying, hey, thanks for submitting it. We're looking, we're looking. And then finally got an email. This was the cool part. So the sunglasses, the first time around, I was still there, right? And so I just went and picked them up. This time, since we weren't there anymore, they said, um, this is the address we have on file for you. Is this the address you want them sent to? So I just said, yes, I could have given them my dad's address, but I just gave them mine. And, um, and we had it, uh, I would say, or I had it maybe three days after we got back. Um, didn't have to pay for postage or anything. It was really well, um, uh, really well wrapped. And uh, it was it was amazing. So I'm I, I love this um, this website. So now I'm going to give it to you, okay? Because you're thinking, okay, are you actually going to tell us what it is? So it's managed by a company called Chargerback, um, and just like it sounds, C H A R G E R B A C K dot com, and then slash Disney World. And like I said, it's a very simple website. You go to it and you think, is this really the lost and found website for Disney World? But I promise it is, and I promise it works. So there you go. If you've got nothing out of the previous 29 episodes of Parks Magic for One, uh, that's why you've been listening is right there. All right. That was a really long explanation for a, a very simple website, but it's an important one, right? Because when you lose stuff, you don't want to, you know, you want to try to get it back. And um, just going to the front desk, you know, they would probably go through the same process. They'd say, okay, well, we can file a, a, a thing and, you know, see if it, it turns up, um, you know, or you can go to guest relations at a park and, and maybe it'll be there, maybe it won't. Um, but this is such an easy way you just do it. And then you don't have to worry about it. So it's not like, you know, you're always checking in, you know, you have to go back to the front desk and check, you know, to see if it's there yet or whatever, because uh, you still want to enjoy your vacation. And so uh, it's very simple just to fill it out. They keep letting you know. Um, I would say for the ones that I didn't get back, the glasses I didn't get back, it was probably, it was probably 48 hours after that when I finally got an email that said, you know what, we've looked everywhere that we can look and you're not getting them back. So, uh, which I, I kind of knew at the time uh, because of the story, but 
yeah, so about it was maybe it was maybe two or three days before I finally got the email that said we're going to stop looking. Sorry, we didn't find it. Um, so, but I, I appreciate getting that email too, right? Knowing that okay, they're not looking for it anymore. It's gone, and now you you know move on and do what you need to do. So, anyway, really cool uh, little service, and uh, Disney's very good with that kind of stuff. So, uh, that took a lot of time. So we'll kind of speed up here. Um, looking at apps, and these are all. Um, I do have an iPhone, although I believe all of these. As I look through the list, da, 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 yeah, I'm sure all of these are available for Android too. Um, uh, the first one is, of course, the My Disney Experience app. Goes without saying, you you just got to have that um, when you're traveling down there. That's how you uh, look up your reservations, um, uh, make FastPass Plus reservations if you're there. If you're, you're going to do that while you're there, um, make dining reservations. Uh, you can use it as a, a virtual room key. So. All sorts of things that it does and, and uh, you know, wait times and park maps and whatever else. So just make sure you've got it. My Disney experience. Also, the Play Disney app. I haven't done a lot with this. I'd be curious to know what you think if you've messed with this at all. The Play Disney app, uh, it provides some sort of in-park, maybe in-resort too, but in-park uh, interactive play experiences. And so like in uh, if you go into Galaxy's Edge and Hollywood Studios, uh, you can uh, use, there's a translator uh, part of the Disney Play app that um, you can use to decode um, the different uh, language that's in um, Galaxy's Edge. Uh, standing in line for Soren, uh, there is a, a game that you can play through the Play Disney app. Uh, it's an interactive thing, show it on big screens. It's kind of like a trivia sort of thing. And so you can play with the people around you and see how you do. So they have lots of stuff like that. They have some music that you can play if you're in different parts of the park. Different music will be available, which is kind of cool. So anyway, the Play Disney app is kind of fun. I, like I said, I haven't done a lot with it. Um, basically, what I told you right there is what I've done with it. Um, let's see. Uh, one, there's a, a very simple little small app called Magic Guide for uh, Disney World. Yeah, I think that's what it's called because there's one for Disneyland as well. Uh, but Magic Guide is a very simple app, not a ton of functionality, but it does wait times, it does park hours, and that's about it. But it's it's very simple, it's very straightforward, and if you if you don't want to mess, sometimes going into My Disney Experience... It takes a while to load. I mean, like a few seconds, but it takes a little while to load. If you want to get to, to wait times, you have to click on the map and, and look at it, whatever. If you just want a very simple place to go, it's just kind of in a list. Magic Guide for WDW is, um, is not a bad option. Uh, let's see. So then there are some that aren't necessarily Disney parks related, uh, but apps that you should probably have when you travel. Um, one is some kind of a, a radar app. Uh, for rain because it rains all the time down there so my go-to's are my one called my radar uh, or another called dark sky and there are free versions there are paid versions i like the paid versions just because it gets rid of the um, advertisements but whichever would work fine so something so you can kind of keep track of those dark clouds that you see off in the distance how far away are they and when am i going to get wet it's always a good thing to know uh, obviously, you know, if you're uh, uh, flying, you want to make sure that you have your airlines app installed so that you get notifications of delays and that sort of thing. There's also an app called Seat Guru, um, G-U-R-U, just like it sounds. Uh, if you're in the process of booking and you're trying to choose a seat, uh, it has seat layouts for uh, every, every plane, every airline. 
um, and you just enter your flight number. It shows you what the, the plane looks like, the seating arrangement. And so then, uh, and it has like a good seat, bad seat sort of thing. So if a seat doesn't recline or if it's right next to the bathroom or something, um, you can see that and then you can kind of choose your, um, choose your seats accordingly. Um, something like TripIt, T-R-I-P-I-T. Um, TripIt is a place where uh, it kind of keeps all of your reservations in one place. So I I tend to use TripIt like right before the trip um, and enduring. Um, and I don't use it extensively, um, but TripIt is a good place if you just want to kind of keep all of your stuff in one place. So like your resort reservation number and um, all of your advanced dining reservations and your if you're doing any kind of ground transportation, you can keep it all there. And it, um, and it's all kind of in one place. And it's it's a nice app. There's a paid version. It's fairly expensive if you do the paid version, but the free version is is very um, functional. And, and like I said, kind of a nice place to put everything in one place. Um, you know, so if you need a reservation number or you need a flight number or something quickly, you can just go in there and pull it up. And then the last one that I've got is uh, any kind of rideshare apps that you're going to use. So obviously in Disney World, uh, if you're going to do um, uh, minivans, uh, M-I-N-N-I-E vans, uh, you'll want the Lyft app, L-Y-F-T. Uh, obviously um, Uber is another option. Uh, and so just make sure you have those apps installed so that you can request vehicles and get from one place to another when you're tired of riding the buses um, with a million people on them which is sometimes like the second day. And then finally, um, then we'll come to a few podcasts. And like I said, these are podcasts that I either listened to um, before starting this one or there are one or two that I still listen to. But um, one of the things I found doing this kind of an aside is that I, I sort of want to make these my own. And so if I listen to other podcasts, I tend to think to myself, oh, how can I do that too? And so I've, I've sort of kind of gotten away from listening to them just because I want this to to be what it is um, and not necessarily be overly influenced by um, by other people so for whatever that's worth um, I'll give you four here a couple of them were recommended by listeners so thank you for I'm sending those in first one is Monday morning monorail Um, I do like that one and I still listen to it they do a really nice job of they do some kind of like breaking news sorts of things but they have a very good it's a conversation there are usually a couple of them there Uh, They also have a fairly good presence on social media, so Instagram, Twitter, uh, and you can uh, follow them. Monday Morning Monorail, though, is is a good one. Uh, Be Our Guest is another one recommended by um, a listener, so thank you for sending that in. Uh, I've listened to a couple episodes. Sounds like kind of the same same idea as Monday Morning Monorail, uh, sort of the same feel, uh, but they do talk about uh, Disney parks and things to do and do the reviews of uh, various places, restaurants, etc. And uh, so... Um, kind of a, a nice compliment to um, maybe some other ones that you're listening to. Uh, one that I have not really spent much time with, but was recommended is Rope Drop, Rope Drop Radio. Uh, again, conversation, I think there are usually a couple of folks who um, who do that one. It seems like maybe they don't post quite as frequently as some of the other ones. Um, that was just sort of my, uh, my um, takeaway in looking through some of their things. Uh, but does come recommended. So check it out. Um, and then finally, the last one is called Disney Dish. And this is actually done by, um, I said earlier that I'd come back to them, done by um, a couple of the folks who uh, are part of the touringplans.com group. And so um, the uh, so there are a couple of them uh, who, uh, Jim Hill and Len Testa, 
are the Disney Dish guys, and they um, they're also um, a big part of touringplans.com. And uh, so they talk a little bit. Um, some of the things they talk about are um, are very touring plansy, and so like talking about you know crowd levels and making some predictions and that sort of thing. But then they also do some general reviews and they do some movie stuff, Disney movie stuff, and so it's um, kind of a general Disney Disney parks um, kind of uh, kind of thing. So anyway, those are four that um, that I would recommend checking out. There are a lot of them uh, if you go to. Uh, someplace like Stitcher where you can uh, type in, uh, you know, a, a search and, and, and it'll come up with your whatever the search was. I mean, hundreds, right, of different podcasts and um, that sort of thing for Disney World. So there is no shortage of information out there about Disney World. And so that's kind of my last takeaway here in this series about learning about Disney World. Um, you really have to, um, how do I say this? It's not practical to use all of these things all the time. Um, you'll be overwhelmed. And some of them are better than others. Some of them get updated more frequently than others. Um, some of them are, um, you know, geared toward specific, you know, specifically traveling with a family or specifically um, traveling, um, you know, at a... Um, I don't know, different times of year. I don't know what it happens to be. But, you know, sometimes they do kind of have a focus. Um, and so it may or may not be as useful as something that's a little bit more uh, open, a little bit more broad base. But what I would suggest is, you know, use your use your phone um, to, to capture a few of the apps or, you know, put a, a link to what well, I actually have a group on my iPhone for Disney travel. Of course I do, uh, but for Disney world. And so I have either shortcuts to websites there or um, apps um, that I use for um, trips to the parks in that group. Um, but, but do that, you know, bookmark some things on your computer um, and don't bookmark thousands of things. Cause I see that too. People are like, Oh, there's a Disney thing. Oh, there's a Disney world thing. Oh, there's a Disney world thing. It doesn't make any difference. You're never going to come back to them if you do that. So, you know, find some way to organize things, um, find some way to organize your bookmarks, organize your icons on your phone. Um, and just have a few that are your go-to kinds of places. Cause chances are, you know, they're going to link to other places as well. And they're going to, you know, you're going to do enough sort of wandering from those places. Um, but, you know, you might have to do some wandering initially, and we all have time to, to wander now a little bit. Uh, so find the ones that you like, find the the YouTube channels that you like, watch a few episodes from people um, and keep track of them and, and then kind of make those your, your go-to um, places for Disney information. And that seems to work, works well for me. And I think that's probably fairly practical for other people too. Uh, and of course, Parks Magic for One, needs to be on that list, right? You should have a link to parksmagicforone.life on your phone so that you can click on it right away. You can get to the most recent episode. There's a button right on the front page that says, take me to the latest episode. Uh, and uh, and so you can click on that and it takes you directly to the most recent episode. So um, make sure that you you um, keep us in the forefront, okay? Or me, I guess. There's, there's just, <laughs> there is no us. So it's just me. Uh, keep me in the forefront, though, and uh, we'll we'll make sure we, we get to the right information. So anyway, uh, that's where I'm going to stop. I will mention, I don't think I've mentioned in this episode yet, I almost forgot, the bingo cards. Uh, there are now bingo cards for uh, listening to Parks Magic for One and honestly, any other Disney podcast or video or what have you. Um, there's a set of uh, bingo cards on the website that you can download and print or use them on your phone. Uh, and they have just a lot of different um, words and phrases about Disney World. 
So as you're listening, you can cross them off or whatever and see how see how you can do. I honestly tried it with uh, with a video that I was watching uh, the other day, and um, it's, inter- it's interesting. I didn't do very well. I didn't get like a line or anything, um, but it is it kind of makes you pay attention a little bit more than you're like, oh yeah, did he mention that or not? Um, but it's kind of fun anyway. And like I said, if we're all looking for things to do here, um, give it a, give it a shot. And they're not all the same. Well, obviously they're not all the same, but, uh, they don't have all the same words on them. And so they're mixed up plus they have other words. So, uh, if you do one and, and if you use one and you don't do very well, try, try printing out a different one. But anyway, something that's, that was kind of fun. I'm also still working on um, some uh, mini guides that are going to be coming out here in the next um, probably few weeks to months. Um, I'm not in any real big hurry to do those, but what I'm trying to do is to come up with a uh, sort of a paper version of what we talk about here in a way that's useful. Um, I don't want to just put it out as, you know, kind of a brochure sort of thing because I don't think people use those, but um, something that um, can either be downloaded or viewed uh, on a device because I think that's just the way we do things now um, that would be useful. So, uh, you know, some information from, you know, a couple of the podcasts that we've done about planning or about dining or about, uh, you know, which attractions are maybe more suited for solo travelers versus not. And so uh, just some of that stuff that you can kind of have with you um, instead of having to, you know, go back and take notes about Parks Magic for one uh, podcast, which I know you all probably do anyway, but yeah, I know you don't. It's okay. Anyway, uh, I think we'll end there. Um, I do have uh, a couple other um, things. So this is this is coming out on Thursday or has did come out today, Thursday. I'm actually recording it a little bit ahead of time. But um, there are also going to be some shorter episodes that come out, um, some sort of mini episodes uh, about a variety of different things over the next few days. So that's as much to keep me busy as it is to give you something to listen to. But uh, I, uh, I plan on doing a few, few kind of extra things here over the next few weeks. So uh, in any event, I appreciate you joining me. I appreciate you listening. Um, this is like I've always said, you know, just something that uh, fun that I started to do and I still enjoy, um, especially conversations like today. I just think those are kind of fun. So anyway, uh, I know that now when this turns off, we go back to the real world and uh, uh, it's a, definitely a struggle out there sometimes. But uh, know that um, whatever you're doing to support the situation and to help yourself and your neighbors and your family through it is appreciated. Um, and uh, know that uh, this is not something that just a few of us are going to uh, are going to um, uh, get the get the rest of us through. It's definitely going to take a group effort. So uh, do what you can. Make sure that you find time to relax. Uh, make sure that you um, get away from that. You know, turn the news off. All that kind of stuff that people say all the time. Um, but uh, it definitely helps to to have some kind of distraction. So whatever that is for you, uh, whether it's family, whether it's um, um, Disney videos, whether it's Disney, Disney Parks Magic for One Bingo, uh, whatever it is, find something uh, that you can um, you can find some joy in. So uh, there's a lot of stuff out there. Uh, connect with me. Uh, let me know how you're doing. Uh, let me know if there's anything too. If you um, you know if you want me to focus on anything here the next um, few episodes, um, let me know. Uh, this trip in May is looking less and less like it's probably going to happen. 
Uh, but uh, we'll see. Hopefully we've got some trip vlogs or trip um, podcasts coming up here at some point. So anyway, remember to visit parksmagicforone.life. Uh, subscribe to the Parks Magic for One podcast wherever you listen. That might be Anchor FM or iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, or Radio Public. Thank you so much for listening today. Our next podcast will come out this coming Monday, although you're probably going to see some other things coming out here uh, if they haven't already. Uh, This is Eric Hall. Take care, friends. Go make some magic for yourself.